Well, I mean, and that that depends on if you're still going to have a Facebook account. I don't know. I mean, that's the question. And like, are any of us going to still have Facebook accounts? <laughs> you know, I I've I downloaded all my Facebook archive the other night, and I've, I've killed Facebook before. You know, this is not the first time. I, I famously killed my my longtime Twitter account back in 2010. That's such a bad decision. <laughs> I had thousands of followers. I had, uh, I had you, to, I mean, over time, you've got you've gotten close to back where you were, but it's not the same. Yeah. No, I, I would have had like 20 or 30,000 at least by now yeah. followers. Um, yeah. So I, I killed that, and and then I, I picked it back up after what like a month. <laughs> but yeah. But but Twitter to me has always had a more of a, a pull than Facebook. I, Mariana and I talk about this all the time. My partner Mariana for those people who are voyeuristic sure. listening to our conversation. Because I've I've had people asking me. Over the past few weeks, what's the name of that show again that you do? Because you know, I'm I'm taking a trip down to South Florida, so I want to listen. Or you know, I've got to you know spend time doing this, so I want to listen to that. So, um, so I know we're getting you know some new listeners. So welcome, um, and you're in for a treat. <laughs> so uh, she, she uh, she's a few years younger than I am, and and she, we always talk about how her college experience was so different than my college experience, even though we went to two very very similar small liberal arts, religious mm-hmm. institutions in the upstate of South Carolina, uh, who are better rivals. But she always says her her college was really kind of her college experience was really wrapped around Facebook, especially later, um, as she became a junior and senior. Uh whereas for me in the late nineties, it was it was ICQ and then AIM and uh yeah. email, I guess. You know? Yeah. But I, I can I, I do want to say before we dive in too far into the Facebook morass, I was the first person at Wofford College to have uh, an internet connection in their dorm room. Have I told this story before? Yeah, well, at least to me. I don't know if you've told it on air before. So, so I get to college, 1996, August of 1996, and I'm 17 because I skipped a grade. And, and I, w- I walk into the uh, into the, the 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 tech lab, computer lab, whatever. It was, and they had a, they had some uh, they had some some acts. I think they had the Bondi. No, <laughs> there's my my Alexa. <laughs> uh, they had uh, I think some some of the newer iMacs, like the Bondi Blue looking things. You know the crazy iMacs. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and then they had a bunch of uh, uh, PCs kind of scattered around. And I walk in, and it's it's like five o'clock, and it's it's you know the first I think it is the first day of of school, and I, I knock on the guys door and he's a he's an upperclassman i believe who's just kind of manning the office or personing the office don't want to be normative and he says um you know hi can i help you and i said yeah i want the internet in my room in my dorm and he said what and i was like yeah i just need like the tcp ip settings and you know i, I can dial in and so what do you why would you want the internet in your in your dorm and I said, well, I, there's email and I want to check on my, my message boards. You know, it's it's the Internet. It's 1996. I got to look at the Space Jam website. <laughs> there's stuff going on, guys. <laughs> you know, like I got to I got to see if that person wrote me back on email from two months ago. And he said, no, we, we have this great computer lab. We have Netscape. We have licenses for Netscape on all of these computers. <laughs> so you don't have to buy it because you have to buy it at the time. Thank you, Mark Andreessen, who I still do look up to, who recently rage quitted Twitter. Anyway. Um, so it, finally I, I wear him down and I, I approve my, my geek, uh, notes and, and he gives me the TCP IP settings and I, I run back to the dorm room and I fire up my compact computer 
and I dial in, much to my roommate's chagrin, uh, if you will, not to make a Bob Dylan song here, but my roommate is isn't still one of my best friends, and he's a complete luddite. Uh, he was not a fan of me uh, dialing in and taking up the the, the phone space, if you will. Um, so I got on, and it took me a couple hours that night, but I finally figured it out. I got all the settings right, and I I was able to uh, connect. So then people started coming by our dorm room and saying, "Hey, can I check my email?" or "Hey, can I send an uh, an IM?" or "Or can I can I do this back to my girlfriend at home or or back to my friend at home?" And I thought, you know, I, I should charge for this. So I, I I toyed with the idea of creating an, an ISP in my dorm room, but decided not to. But we we also didn't have cable until junior year or so, like cable TV. And our side of the dorm, which was not air conditioned either, it was a big brick building in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So it was it was very kind of military style if you think about it. Very nice college now, but. Uh, one of our friends, since we had the internet in my room, decided he was going to run cable into our TV. So he had some rock climbing gear and he repelled from the roof of the building down into our window and ran a uh, like a, a cable wire up into the roof. And he was like an engineer kid. So he and I kind of up on the roof, like rigged this uh, antenna. <laughs> <laughs> that lived up there for most of the year. And we got all the stations because it, famously, like you could only get, you know, ABC on this side of the building and NBC on this side of the building. So we, we got all sorts of crazy local stations. Um, so our, our room was hopping freshman year. Anyway, Facebook. I mean, to, to, to go from that now, 20 years later, here we are. And, and you know, we're arguing over uh, what, what's going on with, with the world. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like a long time coming. It feels like, you know, the United States needed this kind of uh, social media reckoning, if you will. So I guess I guess one of my questions is, um, is there actually a reckoning coming in the U.S.? It feels to me with what I read, there's um, there's a lot more uh, attention and push uh, in the U.K., than I'm seeing in the U.S. I mean, a couple lawmakers here and there, one state AG I think I've seen have, you know, made some calls. Oh, we need to have a hearing or we're going to do this. We're going to investigate. But it doesn't seem to be the level that, that we're getting in the U.K. And that's that's understandably different. I mean, our laws are different uh, with what we do and don't allow um, or, you know, uh, companies and corporations to do. Um, so I guess on the one hand, it seems like it does feel different this time and that um, a lot of people are kind of just resigned to or already accepted the fact that, yeah, Facebook's probably evil. Um, but I don't know that, that that's going to change anything. I, I mean, like this afternoon, the um, one of the founders of WhatsApp, who was acquired by Facebook for $19 billion a couple of years ago. Uh, WhatsApp is huge around the world. It's not big here in the United States, but it, it is a big messaging play. And Facebook realizes that messaging is the next social network. So whether that's going to be WhatsApp or Viber or Line or, or uh, uh, WeChat. Probably not. Yeah, WeChat in China is, is massive. You do everything through yeah. WeChat, right? Yeah. So Facebook's been really kind of pushing Messenger. Uh, you know, it's, it's IM where it's messaging platform, just like Apple pushes iMessage and doesn't make iMessage available on Android or, you know, it, just to kind of keep people in the operating system. One of the reasons I have gone back to iOS, yeah, just because of my clients and family. Like tonight, if I get to face time with my daughter for an hour, it is as I was working. Um, so 
I, I think that it, it does feel a little different because, you know, he was saying, delete your Facebook account, like this founder of WhatsApp, which is you know, huge. But, um, you know, we, we saw Facebook's chief intelligence security officer retire last night, or not, not retire, resign last night, young guy, Alex Davos. He's a very well-known, very influential person in the Valley. A lot of us look up to him, um, big transparency type guy. And clearly there were some um, arguments at the top level about what to do. So you've got, you know, Zuckerberg, who's been quiet, and then you've got Cheryl Lena and Sanders, who's not leaning in. It's like she's leaning out and running away. Um, you know, when the CEO and COO aren't doing anything and COO talks about leaning in, like, you know, come on. I, I know it's a different context. Don't at me. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it feels it feels weird because there was a, a real intangible result of this. And that result was the election of Donald Trump, whether you like that or not. Um, yeah, I mean, the Facebook's action or inaction or, or however you want to frame this, along with what happened with Cambridge Analytica, who today they, they've suspended their CEO. Um, right. You know, they're, they're, you're hearing Republican and Democratic senators calling for subpoenas of Mark Zuckerberg to come testify and, and talk about what went down in 2014 to through 2016. It, it seems like there's a, there's, there's a different move. And people have had this pent-up frustration with, I, I would say, Facebook. I mean, Twitter has a different pent-up frustration, <laughs> um, you know, but, but for 10 years now, it, you've either been, yeah, I love Facebook. It's great. I, I get to see pictures of my grandkids or I don't really like it, but I have to use it because my grandparents are on it and they expect to see pictures of my kids. So I have to, you know, like that's how I feel. Where I, I know a lot of my younger, like right. former um, students who are 20 somethings now, like they don't ever post on there. They still have active accounts, <laughs> but I did a, a cleaning the other night of my, mm -hmm. my friends list and, so many of my younger friends and then, you know, former students who, you know, friended and, and am still friends with in real life, like they just don't post there and they post on Instagram and, and other places, which are also owned by Facebook. But I don't know, you know, anytime we, we get these like big bang revelations of, of what these companies know and what these companies do with your data and what they allow, it, it really does kind of change things. Um you know, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. But I, I agree. It changes things. This is different, but it also seems to me that people aren't going to leave unless they have somewhere to go. Right. But I, I think there are enough places to go now between what's left of Snapchat, uh, Instagram. I mean, I, I don't want to say Twitter, but I don't think we need that mass effect anymore. Just like we all don't watch Dan Rather. We all don't watch Tom Brokaw. We all don't watch... The Flintstones. I mean, there's a kid born every day who's never heard of the Flintstones. Um, that's an old joke. Sorry. Uh, you know, so th th there, there are all these cultural memes that that kind of supported us for so long. And if I was growing up in the 80s and I hadn't seen Gilligan's Island reruns on TBS, like I was kind of a weird kid. Right. But now, I mean, what what 10 year old has watched an episode of Gilligan's Island or, or has seen the 630 nightly news? Very small mm -hmm. percentage. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if we actually need that. I think social media kind of went through that same transformation as broadcast media, where we all had to be on the same platform and friend each other. Whereas now, I don't, I don't think it's because of polarization. I just think it's because of the natural balkanization and entropy that 
exist in, in these types of networks. We don't all need to be on the same spot in the same place, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good analogy to to um, to compare it to uh, broadcast news. Uh, I like that analogy. And maybe maybe the reality is a lot of people have already left, at least in practice, even if even if not in, you know, through deactivating their account. Um, where a lot of people are, like you said, particularly younger people, they're spending their time on Instagram, uh, you know, some on Twitter, VC, uh, on Snapchat. VSEO. I mean, what 40-year-old what person, is, unless right. they're a creeper like me, has heard of VSEO? And, and not that I ever creep right, on yeah. that, you know, but I, I know the name of that platform. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are lots of networks out there that I don't, I don't think we're going to – I don't think the future is going to be in – widespread broadcasting of our private lives anymore. I think we're we're turning the the curve there. So it seems to me that um I mean I guess the other ask the other angle I'm thinking about this is when does Facebook itself and its stock and its company really begin to take a dive um in a in a really meaningful like a MySpace direction type dive. Um, or Friendster, uh, rest in peace. <laughs> I like Friendster, um, well, they, but the, Facebook lost like fifty billion dollars in the last two days. Right, but it seems to me that there that maybe there will be there will need to be a kind of re reckoning of what Facebook um, like insights actually tell you, what they actually relate to. Right, so um, you know the way it was with ads on blogs and what you got paid per click and now how that's obviously drastically less than it was. And it seems to me that Facebook is pumping out, you know, they're getting all these people to, to put ads on the platform. Obviously to some degree it worked, right? If you look at the 2016 election, but I also wonder if there's a degree at which advertisers are going to begin to um, rethink, is this worth their money? Are they actually getting out of it what Facebook is telling them they're getting out of it? Um, and I think if that happens simultaneous to users saying, yeah, I'm just not going to spend any time on this platform anymore. I don't really think about it. I'm going to go ahead and delete the app from my home screen. Um, that that's when you're going to, I think it, it's maybe at that point that you see Facebook become kind of imperiled as um, as a platform as a whole. Yeah, and, and we've seen like last late last year, uh, the marketing, uh, the CMO, the chief marketing officer at P&G, uh, Procter & Gamble, you know, who own dozens and dozens of companies, uh, mostly household goods, but lots of lots of stuff. They pulled, well, he said they've pulled most of their digital ads in terms of direct ads that they were doing with Facebook and Google who who control like 87% of the digital online market space. <laughs> and, right. you know, so when people come to me and they say, hey, Sam, I, I, run, I want to run this campaign and I'm a nonprofit or I'm a politician or I'm a church or I'm a small business and I want to reach these types of people, we go to Facebook and, and Google and we give them their right. money and we make it happen um, because the tools are there and they're they're great at generating what people traditionally wanted, which is a better billboard. Um, but <laughs> right. But right. P and G, yeah, P and G, and these and and larger companies who have a lot of money to spend and and a lot of weight to throw around, were able to say, you know what, we don't need a better billboard, we need a better advertising solution, and you're not providing it anymore. Like, yeah, five years ago, a better billboard was fantastic, and we all wanted that, 
And we saw, oh gosh, we're getting this many more clicks on our website and this many more people into the shopping cart. And then we can do these evaluations of figuring out how many times to email you to get you to go back to that abandoned shopping cart. And and then we can send you a follow-up email and say, were you happy with that purchase? Well, wouldn't you like this other augment thing to go into your other purchase? And, and you can get a subscription to this. And Amazon does this really well in a creepy way. And it's fascinating. Amazon's a whole different story, but yeah, that's completely. Yeah. You know, but but uh, Facebook. But it's something. It's nearly fifty percent of all like online sales now are on Amazon. But yeah, so that's a that's a whole different show. It's only going to get bigger with with the voice stuff, right? Computer. Yeah. Yes, she she lit up. He lit up. <laughs> it lit up. Don't want to be normative. They lit up. So uh, the idea that that Facebook and Google could give you a better billboard was really attractive, but now it's not, and uh, that's going to trickle down into. The, the rest of the the market, I think, especially with this blowback from what people are saying, and so, even with, with the Cambridge Analytica stuff, people are saying, well, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't really work. The, the psychographic stuff, um, you know, getting all these demographic information pieces and putting that together and showing people fake news, you know, that that didn't really do anything. So don't worry about it. But uh, that's kind of the devil in the details for me. Right. So I guess so. I'm thinking about this. Because you mentioned like, you know, churches and politicians and nonprofits. I'm thinking about it from that angle. And and it seems to me that there's obviously a benefit for those groups, right? Um, in a way that there that there isn't for P and G and some of those other companies. Um, because I think about even churches that aren't running ads or anything like that, they put an event up and the fact that everyone is on Facebook works to their advantage. Because you can say, I'm going to the Easter service at this church, and then all your friends will see that. Right. And so it's this kind of built in. It, it's a it's a half step toward word of mouth advertising. Right. Um, and so in that way, they're getting a type of advertising. It's not that that's not just a better billboard. Um, it's not quite word of mouth, but it's kind of in between the two. And, and that seems to me something that's really important for a lot of churches, nonprofits, and then to some degree, uh, politicians. So they're typically running more just billboard type. In ads. theory. Um, and so I'm one. I'm okay. So in theory, so that's the question. So is it or is it not? Am I wrong about that? And is this going to severely affect churches and nonprofits um, if more and more people begin, you know, continue to silo into onto these other? In platforms? theory, you're completely correct. And in, in actual reality, no, uh, that's not how it's going. And it, for the last two years, it's kind of been this way. Um, a lot of companies, a lot of for-profit companies, you know, kind of worked on the, the the back, the coral reef, if you will, of Facebook. And they created, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a mommy fashion or I'm going to make daddy fashion or, or baby sunglasses or, or, you know, this kind of really focused uh, community-based uh, product yeah. type stuff. Kind of like this show. Thinking Religion is, is the name of our show. You can go to patreon.com slash thinking religion. That's our ad for this week. And but uh, a couple of years ago, Facebook really started tweaking the algorithm because people were complaining about the number of ads they saw. And if you'll remember what I think it was 2011, 2012, Facebook switched from a chrono uh, chronological um, news feed into the algorithmic news feed which Instagram just recently did. And everyone still complains about Instagram's newsfeed because, you know, they, they want the chronological news feedback. It's never coming folks. Um, 
<laughs> it's not. It's, it's, not it's like Twitter. Me. Like <laughs> unless you're on TweetDeck or, or a third party app, like you're, you're going to get what Twitter wants you to see, and that's based on the algorithm, for better or for worse, or as Cambridge Analytica would say, for, for the money, for the win. Um. So the idea <laughs> that if you have a, a, a let's say a church and you have a church Facebook page. You say, well, I don't really need a website because we have a church Facebook page and we're just going to put up all of, our, all of our information there. And if you click follow or like, I'm sorry, it's like on Facebook. If you click like uh, as a user of Facebook and as a member of our congregation, you're going to see anytime we post. And that's great. Well, no, you're not. And it, it's not because maybe, you know, you don't see everything that gets posted, which you don't, but Facebook totally throttles pages now much more than they used to. And even in January, Zuckerberg put out this whole sort of 2018. This is what we're working on for Facebook. This is how I envision it. And it all has to do with going back to the family and friends idea. So pages have gotten a severe cut in the algorithm. And I mean, we're talking 30, 40%, 50% losses of uh, volume and, and clicks and, and, um, some of, some of the algorithmic uh, uh, qualities that that businesses use to to get noticed, because unless you get a like on a post as a business or as a nonprofit or a group, uh, people who follow you aren't going to see that at all. Uh, so the, the old trick was to pay for those likes or to make sure that people liked stuff on your page so that it would kind of go back over into the rest of the uh, Facebook newsfeed. All that to say, uh, no, un- unless you're unless you have something like a Facebook group, which our little church does, and I've got notifications turned on. So anytime someone posts in that Facebook group, I see that. But our Facebook page, anytime um, you know the, the pastor or, or the staff posts on that Facebook page, I don't see that. And I'm probably not going to see that unless I go to that page. Even if you, know, you were to go into that page and like it or share it, I'm probably not going to see it. And that's just kind of the new reality of, of Facebook pages. Um, because they're trying to get back to this friends and family idea, but you know it, it's it's really screwed over a lot of uh, a lot of politicians and, and churches and smaller companies who who relied on that. So that's my that's my little tirade. You got to have your home base. You got to have a website. That's, you got to bring it all back home, right? You got to bring it back home. You got to have some place that that can weather these storms because Facebook's going to go away one day. Whatever and, happens. And the other thing is that there's some place that you control. And that's what I think that a lot of people, I mean, on the, for their personal platforms and for their, you know, church or business exactly. platforms that they just don't think a lot about is, you know, who has control over your platform, over your data, over your means of communication. Um, and it's really important. And, th- you know, the thing is, um, and, I, and I think everything you said makes a lot of sense. Um, but oftentimes, like if I go to a, an organization's page or something, my next step would be to go to their website, Right. And I also know, right, we talk about churches a lot on here. What people do, if they're looking for a church, the first place they're typically going to go is Google. So if your church doesn't have a website, they're not going to come there. If your church has a crappy website, they're not going to come there, right? If they have to dig, you know, through five clicks to find your address or something like that, they're just not going to show up. But but we want to have our board of deacons on the front page and we want to list you know, what to wear to church. It's, it's like, no, no. And that's, and the, yeah. I mean, we've had those conversations before too, right? It, there's the constant struggle of who your website is for. And most insiders think it should be for people that are already there, but that's not the answer. I mean, your, your church website is 
your church's front door on the web. And, and like you said, basically your front door to the community now. If someone hears about you on the news for good or for bad, or if someone, you know, it happens, or if someone, yep. you know, uh, uh, sees your, your sign as they're passing it, and I do this all the time. And you should see my notebook. It's full of church names because I'll pass a church. And I know I do this for a living, but I'm, I'm like, I wonder what kind of church website they have. And I get back yep. and I look up their church website or more than likely at a stop sign, I'll, you know, illegally pull up my phone and, and search for them. And three fourths of the time, there's nothing there. Or it's a really bad Weebly site or Wix site. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like a Yelp review or something. <laughs> God forbid. I mean, if, if the number one listing for your church is a Yelp review, like you're probably going to go the way of the Jerusalem church in the first century, you know, like you might have had a good start, but, but Paul's going to beat you out. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I just think that like, like you said, people don't think about it because it's so easy to throw up a Facebook page and to, to assume that people are going to see it because it's there. And we're, we're not living in Iowa where if you build a, a baseball field in, in the middle of a cornfield, you know, Ty Cobb's ghost is going to show up. Whether or not Donald Trump kills him, um, yeah, Ty Cobb, and and I like that yeah. Donald Trump's lawyer has the the curly Q mustache. That's, yeah, it's a pretty good throwback. Anyway, <laughs> so all that to say, you need a website. You got to have your own email addresses. Don't use Gmail. Don't use Yahoo or Hotmail or whatever people use these days. Have your own domain. Own your stuff. Bring it back home. It's very it. It's not easy, but it's not hard. And it's also not as expensive as people think. But I also think that that people in general have been conditioned to all of this should be free. And that's, you know, of course, we're not going to get into the whole like, if you're not paying for it, you're the product thing. But um, but there but we've been conditioned to think that our news should be free. That anything we do on the internet should be free. You know, yeah, we can have a Facebook page for free, so why can't we have a website for free? Um, and so they just, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of people I think are just kind of vehemently opposed to paying for any of that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like we all fit in this, right? Because like we share Netflix passwords and we do all this type of stuff. So we all kind of fit into that to a degree, I think. But um, but yeah, when it comes to your website, it's just it's just not that expensive. I don't know. I mean, I pay, you know, for my website, which is nothing fancy about it, but it's a decent site. It's got information that if you want to learn about me, you want to see things I've written, you want to read those things, you can get there to all of that stuff. Um, and I don't know what I pay. I pay less than a hundred dollars a year for the site and what, $15 a year for the, just the domain. Right. Right. I mean, you know, so less than $125 a year, less than $115 a year. Um, for every time somebody Googles me, my website. Okay, so pop there's up. that, but then <laughs> there, there are lots of other costs on top. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, when you I have, get, I but I'm saying like that's, but, but I'm saying that's a way you can. No, I'm saying that's a way you can yeah, go. Right. And a lot of people are opposed to even doing that that little bit. Now, to do it right as a company, as an organization, you're going to go a different direction. You're going to go through somebody like Harrelson Agency for sure, right? That's what we did with Justice Save 5 because that's the right thing to do um, because you're going to provide a lot more support. You're going to provide the hosting and all that type of stuff. So um, you're going to get a lot. You're going to get more for your money that way. I'm saying the bare minimum 
to get something that that the platform is not running ads on your site is not that like that bar is not that high. Yeah, I mean, you can go to something like WordPress.com and and I, I think their ad free thing is like eighty eight bucks a year, but then you're still beholden to you know being on that platform. Whereas, like you said, you can have thomaswhitley.com and have an email address and, you know, have kind of this bespoke curated experience. And, and that's really what I, I don't know, when, when I hope about the future and, and all this Facebook mess and, and media and that kind of stuff, not saying I, I want us to go back to 2005 where everyone had a blog and we all used RSS readers, even though that was awesome. Um, I would love it if if that became really considered a, a, a an expectation again, because for a while it was, and social media came along, and it, it's great in terms of the networks, but you're you're building on top of a coral reef that 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 is going to move, you know, whether it dies or not. Like mm-hmm. you can't build your business, you can't build your church or your nonprofit, whatever, on top of something like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and expect for it to have a five-year, 10-year lifespan. Whereas build your own coral reef, you know, like that's that's the the model that you should be looking at. So I think what Sam was trying to say is that you should build your house on the rock and not on the sand. So when, that when the <laughs> rain falls and the floods come and the winds blow and beat the house, that your house would not fall. Because it's been built on rock, exactly. You know, put, put your you put your private server in the basement of your home in Chappaqua, and just make sure <laughs> make sure that you have Bleachbit installed, and you're all good. Yeah. You know, but I think I think only our only our most politically engaged listeners will get that reference but that's a good one and we don't need to give it no. to them no you have to pay um, for that so, um, <laughs> patreon.com yeah. slash thinking religion <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you what that means and in the after show we'll have a whole after show about bleach bit and how i use it and how i use it for client work which i do and i totally understand the guys in colorado who are using that um it's a great program anyway lordy i hope there are tapes um so are you um so I guess the question is, right, are you going to uh, deactivate your Facebook account? I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been on Facebook in six days, counting. No, last Friday when, when the news broke about Cambridge Analytica. And I was like, that's it. You know, and I, I had, I'd had some adult beverages and I was full of righteous indignation. And I thought, you know, it's time. It's time. But then Saturday morning, I woke up and I said, you know, I have 16 clients who I'm actively running Facebook pages. <laughs> right, exactly. And if I were to delete my account, that would be very tricky. Just throwing money away. Yeah, yeah exactly. My, my yeah, assistant, exactly. Amy, now is running your Facebook page, um, which, you know, I should and I could. I will probably, yeah, probably get to that point soon, too, right? Yeah, well, so what I decided was I'm, I'm going to just not go there. And I haven't. And I deleted it from my phone. And it's been great. And I haven't noticed anything different. But now I, I do have to say, on Thursday night, if you're in Columbia or if you're in South Carolina, you should come out. Uh, there's a place called The Local Buzz. It's a great little coffee shop. They also have beer and and they air fry onion rings. You know, like all the cool kids are air frying things now. They have an air fryer. Yeah. It's great. 
so we uh, <laughs> we we have brewology um, because they have a lot of great local beverages, or you can have coffee or tea or whatever. Um, and their coffee is amazing. But we do this brewology thing once a month, and the next installment is this this Thursday. And you organize it via Facebook, right? Yeah. Or you at least post, I post about, about it. it. I mean, when you do it. Yeah. 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 So I thought about doing a meetup. You know, but I mean, do, do people still use? I don't. I don't. I haven't heard of anybody using meetup in probably 18 or 24 months. Yeah. I mean, we, we use it for like our, our tech meetup stuff here. Like we have like a WordPress group and a, a security group. And we all use meetup yeah. through, the, you know, for that. But everyone's just posting through their Facebook profiles. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got to post about this tonight because it's on Thursday night and, and say like, Hey, don't forget come out. And, and like last time I had a former student of mine who, um, who, who came out, <laughs> my, my partner just texted me that apologies for the baby. We're going to have a uh, Elmo song in our, uh, background. Maybe the noise gate will catch that. So yeah, it, it's like, <laughs> I, I, it does work for that kind of thing, but I'm I'm a professional marketing person. I know how to market it. I'm, I know how to make it sexy and get people there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get paid the big bucks. Right. Can I do that without Facebook? I don't know. That's the question, and that and that's that I think is the key question right now. That the way, you know, hundreds of people in your position, hundreds and thousands of people that are you know running churches and that are at companies like P&G and, and you know, other companies like that are asking themselves. And then politicians where I also think that's a really important aspect of this whole conversation. They're asking themselves the same thing. Can I do this without Facebook? And I think right now in March of 2018, the answer is probably no. Now what that looks like in November, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and even saying, okay, well, I'm not going to post on it, but hey, I'm going to make this post. So, Mariana, can you make sure to, to amp that up on your Facebook page? Like that, that's kind of still cheating, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Playing the game. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm in my mind, there, there are a lot of people named Sam Harrelson in this country. And I like to own all of my namespaces. So anytime a new service comes out, I'll quickly go and sign up for that service. <laughs> Whether it's, Just yeah, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine like deleting facebook.com slash Sam Harrelson, but. Well, that's the thing. You can't, you just have to not use yeah. it, you know, so that you can hold on to it. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really upset that back, you know, eons ago when I got my Gmail um, email address, which I guess I got because you invited yeah. me, right? Um, yeah. Was that what it was? But, um, but I went with my full name, first, middle, last, and I'm like, <laughs> why did I do that? That is so long. I don't know what I was thinking. So I don't ever like give that out anymore. I have a lot of accounts that run through Gmail. But the one I give out is just my, you know, at thomaswhitley.com email address Um, because it's a lot shorter, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, so it's good to have your name, but also think kind of carefully before you do that, what name you actually want. Like when I first got my Twitter account, 
I was like, oh, oh of yeah. course, Thomas J. Whitley, because I'm that guy that uses my middle initial all the time. And um, then I did switch that, you know, just a couple years later. But uh, so I actually have Thomas Whitley. But, you know, think about that, too. <laughs> you know, I have to think I had to think about that for a while. Now I know, like, OK, everything's Thomas Whitley. But uh, and, I, you know, I also think that's good. And I know a lot of people don't care about that, but I care about that it's the same across each platform. You know, so mine is the same at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, and, and it should be, whether it's your company or church, individual. Right. Um, yeah, Nonprofit, and, you know. and there's all sorts of reasons for that. But, oh, no, I mean, I, I got Gmail on the first day. It was available in April 1st, 2004. And so I had Sam Harrelson at gmail.com, which was my main address for a couple of years. And then I bought my own, I had my own domain. I, I had bought samharrelson.com like in 2001, 2002 or something. But in 2005 or six, I I decided to five. Yeah. I'd started my own site and had a blog and that's the same blog that you see today. If you go to samharrelson.com. So I moved over all my email and I thought, well, I don't, I don't need that Gmail account anymore because I've got my own email. It's Sam at samharrelson.com. It's on his own server whatever. So I deleted that, but I didn't think about it because YouTube had come out and YouTube was (laughs) integrated with Google and I had a one of the first videos on how to use Twitter in like two thousand late two thousand six, and it had something like six hundred thousand views at the time. And I checked back later and it had like four million views in early two thousand seven, but I deleted it. So I, I used to get like a check from Google for like two hundred dollars a month because I had this. You know, great video that was getting paying decent ad revenue too. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, yeah. it doesn't hurt two hundred bucks a month. And I deleted it, and I, I didn't even think about that. So that video has gone to the wind. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to be careful with, with your namespaces, and you, you learn the hard way, and then you regret it, and then you you figure out, okay, well, I need to make sure I have this name. But uh, you know, I you don't want to be Kirk Cobain rocks. 69 at yahoo.com for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So just um, be careful with that. So you work in this all the time. So my question is, um, do you, can you give us a ranking of how judgmental you feel at certain email addresses just with what comes after the at sign? Well, if you're emailing from a domain, whether it's a company or, or a personal domain, that's great. If you're Thomas Whitley and I get, um, you know, mail at thomaswhitley.com, which is not Thomas's email address, um, I, I think, wow, that, you know, that, that person has really thought about this. And it, it takes 10 minutes to set this up. It is not difficult. It's not expensive. There are a multitude of, of ways. To do but it. if you want somebody who knows how to do it for you, that can do it in 10 minutes and you don't have to worry about it, you can contact Harrelson <laughs> Agency. It's only $150,000. No, it, it's, it's very cheap. It's very easy. It's very simple. Uh, but it looks darn good. So whether you're applying for a PhD program or whether you're applying for church positions, uh, whether you're you're writing columns for Ethics Today, whatever, um, you want to have your your name domain. Um, it, it just looks so much nicer, especially if you're trying to look professional and and you're not affiliated with a, a company or with a university or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, for instance, I, I still have a, a, a dot or at yale.edu address, which sometimes I'll, I'll admit, I, I pull it out 
and and uh, I'll use that address. And I'm like, booyah, here's, here's my at yell.edu address. How do you like that? Um, but uh, for the most part, I, I'm either writing for my personal uh, account or for our, from our business account. And that just looks so much nicer. So that's one level, right? Second level, uh, I mean, Gmail, it's like you tried. You know, like you might get a little trophy, you know, a little guy holding up, mm-hmm. yeah, a little, little guy holding up a, a, a yeah. ball or a pendant or something, a little, little lady holding up something. Um, or Bart Simpson gives you, a, you know, at least you tried cake. But, you know, it, it's better than the, the lower tier, tiers of hell, which are definitely Yahoo, which is terrible. I mean, Yahoo, it's just uh, this past week, a uh, federal judge. Uh, recognized that there could be a class action lawsuit against Verizon, who now owns Yahoo, because there was such a security breach and, and lack of security at Yahoo for the last five years. So if you're using Yahoo Mail still, you need to stop. Like, that's terrible. Get off. Um, so don't, yeah, you know, I would say Yahoo is probably at the bottom at this point because of the whole security breach. Okay. Below AOL. You know, honestly, AOL is also owned by Verizon at this point. So <laughs> from an appearance from, from an appearance point equal. of view, they're kind of equal. Yeah. Um, slightly, I, I would say Yahoo is slightly below the people who still have the at Comcast.net or at BellSouth.net or at Spectrum.com or, you know, whatever your, your local ISP is. Um, that That's just terrible if you yeah. haven't even tried. My dad has that kind of an address, and I hate it. And I, he has his own domain that I bought. I built on my website. I said, Dad, here's some nice Google Apps account. I paid this much money for you every month to have this thing. Please, God, just use this. And nope, he uses his local ISP account. And it, it frustrates me to no end because he always gets locked out. And then he, he tries to call the people and he gets frustrated and calls me. And, well, you're a computer person. Tell me how to get into my email account. I'm like, ah, um, don't use your local IP. Then, you, then you've got the Hotmail slash outlook.com slash live.com thing out there, which I would put on par with mm-hmm. like at iCloud.com or at, well, I'd say, well, at Mac, at Mac is kind of Mac. OG. I've the got old at Mac. Mac. I've got at me. If, if you're yeah. rocking the at that, Mac, I, I can, yeah. you know, I, I, I can represent that. that that's good. I'll, I'll stand for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand dumb Mac. Did I get that right? <laughs> I say that right. I've been, I've been practicing my millennial. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll so. I'll stand that. Uh, but if you're if you're rocking the at Outlook or out at Live or at at Microsoft.co.uk, or you know that it, it's above the ISP, it's above the AOL. But still, like you need to you need to look at the other other options. But I know what what else is there? Um, I mean, there's you know there's some of these that have popped up. That are you know supposedly um, more secure, like Proton Mail like or something like that. Secure, yeah. Is um is Embark Mail one of yeah, those? Yeah, there's Embark. There's Proton Mail, which Cambridge sure. Analytica uses. Embark is centrally. What was that? There was one that was supposedly somehow affiliated with like Reagan, Reagan Mail or something Ronald like that. Reagan? Yeah, Reagan.com. That's what it's called. Private email service. Provides the privacy you deserve and will not copy, scan, or sell your info. So you can get an email account at Reagan.com. Yeah. I mean, I could set that up tomorrow and have, you know, at 
anybody could go to at samharrelson.com address and I, you know, I could, could call it whatever. Yeah. Um, but you got to be careful, you know, servers, as we learned in 2016 do matter. Uh, so, so just be careful about, you know, what, what kind of service you sign up for. Ideally have, have your, I think there's, yeah, the I mean, have there. your own stuff. Don't please God, don't, don't use Yahoo anymore though. That's, that's bad. Don't use your local ISP. Um, if you use Hotmail and you write me, I mean, I, I get it. You know, like maybe you're OG, yeah, but I don't know. I wish, I wish more people put more thought into it because email is such a personal thing and it's such an. So maybe I'll um, start sending you emails from my old ad or link. <laughs> I know that account. account. I still have that. <laughs> I remember you, right? <laughs> It's in the list of like 18 email addresses that yeah. in my contact. Because, sure. I mean, that when I first met you, that's what you had. Yep. Yeah. But so, you know, if you're, if you're linked within a, within an institution, that's your safest bet. Um, but otherwise get, get your own domain, especially like if you're going to be in a listserv, you know, so many people on listserv stuff that yeah. have, uh, you know, at, at AOL or, or at Yahoo accounts. And it's like, really? Like you're, you, you've got a, this level of professionalism, but then you're, you're sending that from webmail from, from that person. Anyway. So that's the moral of the story today. Um, we're on a sinking ship that is Facebook. And so you need to get your own domain and contract Harrelson agency to do it. This was not intended to be a show shilling for Harrelson agency. <laughs> Thomas gets paid every time he says the name. That's why he keeps saying it. No, That's no, no. Um, praying for our friends down in Austin. Man, Hope, uh, there was just another one. At, um, there was one at a FedEx facility overnight, and then um, just got a, a notification there was another explosion um, this evening in Austin as well. Yeah, I just saw that. Man. I mean, it's got to be scary, right? I mean, and for the employees at FedEx and for people checking the mail and and it seems to from what i've read seems to be a um it appears to be racially motivated yeah it's um, it's i mean I, I was just thinking today you know when the unabomber was doing his thing back in the the 90s it was scary and i remember sort of saying like wow that's that's kind of creepy that someone can mail a bomb um even though that wasn't really anyway with this, it's so different because so much of our lives does come from Amazon or FedEx or UPS, and right. I'm on a, I'm on a first name basis with our FedEx and our UPS guy because we do so much business that. Oh yeah, through our FedEx guy. When we lived in our apartment, we were on the second floor. I mean, our UPS guy, and you know, we had these horrible stairs up to our apartment, and he always called it Mount Saint Whitley. <laughs> Because he was always delivering, like you know, a twenty-five pound bag of dog food. Or, exactly. You know. So we're always like, "Oh yeah, we don't want to have to carry that like from the store. Let's just order it on Amazon." Yes, and and you know, yeah. So we get packages constantly, all day, and most of the time it's like, "Oh, what is this? I don't remember ordering anything." You open it up, you're like, "Oh yeah, I did order that." And so if you take that to what you're talking about, like. You just open a package. You don't remember that you got it, that you ordered it, so you just open. Yeah, and God forbid you have kids, you know. I mean, and of course, kids are going to open it. But like, yeah, today I got a. Uh, this sounds so privileged. I got a leather watch band for my Apple Watch, and I forgot that I'd ordered that on Friday night, and <laughs> it arrived today. And I got this nondescript package, and I was like, huh, 
I kind of shook it around. I was like, oh, I think I know what this is. This is. And I opened it and I thought it was something else. But still, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot I ordered that. But we don't live in a time and space anymore where you don't know what you've, you know, it's not like you're, you're actively expecting your dog food because we, we get a shipment, right. what, three times a month for like laundry detergent and dog food and paper towels. And, and they're big. They're huge packages. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I think it's it's, yeah, it's, so, it's going to be going to be interesting. But yeah, I feel so. I don't know. It's, it's a terrible situation. We had, um, uh, I'd, I'd considered having us talk some about um, all the recent writing that's going on about evangelicalism, which is interesting, but uh, we'll save that for another week. Um, I'm actually kind of proud of us with all the writing that's been going on about evangelicalism that we haven't jumped into it. You know, I like to think that we started that really? whole thing. That's the thing is it's kind of like we're still talking about this. I don't know. It, yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you, know, you and I have been talking about this for years. Yeah. So, yeah, like it, it's, it's kind of like, oh, Facebook's spying on you. Oh, OK. Well, right. yeah. yeah. Evangelicals. Yeah. Wait, oh, you're ex-evangelical. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> yeah. we, we did yeah. that. We did that eight years ago. Yeah. So anyway, but John anyway, Piper, yeah. John Piper's an idiot. Yeah. OK. Right. Yeah. All these things. I'm like, how are y'all? And I, yeah, we've talked about this before, right? I'm, I'm completely out of a lot of circles that I used to be in. But it is kind of shocking when you're like, wait, how did you just realize this thing? Yeah. Anyway, so we didn't do that tonight. We're kind of proud of ourselves for that because uh, it's really tempting. But we, we, one thing we do need to do is thank our new Patreon subscribers. So we've got some new Patreon folks. Thank you so much for your subscriptions. Those are awesome. We appreciate it. Thanks for the emails. Um, we've got a, a couple of listener emails. We're, we're far in now, but we'll get to them next week. We'll do a Q&A show, I, I promise. Um, but yeah, thank you, especially to the, to the Patreon folks. That's that, that makes us all worth it. I, I don't really care about talking to Thomas. It's, it's mostly about the money. Not at all. It's all about the money. Give us your money. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we've been doing this for what? Nine years now. It's expensive to have your own domain and host That's, a podcast now. <laughs> what, hosting a podcast is another level. That's true. Whew. So yeah. anyway, um, but thanks for coming back, uh, week after week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us as always, you can find Sam at facebook.com slash Sam <laughs> Yeah, you won't find me there. You can but, find yeah. me there. Um, yeah. At Sam Harrelson on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Thomas Whitley. You can always find this great podcast at thinking.fm.